0: Right. Notice verse 16 and verse 17 of Proverbs chapter 15. It says better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Now we're going to look at several verses in the book of Proverbs where it mentions things that are better, things that we would normally think are better for example you know who would rather have a meal of vegetables rather than having a, you know a nice t-bone steak okay i'd rather have the t-bone steak i mean isn't the stalled ox better right than a dinner of herbs okay, nobody you know nobody wants the vegetable meal except because if you're a vegetarian you might but most people don't like you know but at the same time notice how it says you know that's it's better to have that dinner of herbs than to have that stalled ox in trouble therewith Okay, you know, obviously husbands, we all love it when our wife makes us a nice dinner. You know, it makes you really happy. But wouldn't you just rather, you know, eat Cheerios for supper than to eat a T-bone steak and then your wife's like mad at you that she had to make it and she's like, you know, giving you grief for it. You know, we'd all, we'd rather have the crummy meal, wouldn't we? And we, I think this is something we could all agree with. We could all relate. And there's a lot of things in here that we could all relate with. But the reason I want to point out these things, the, the, the title of my message is Bible Tips for a Better Marriage. And I want to emphasize the word better because most people today, are they not pursuing whatever they have to pursue to have a better life? You know, why do most people have New Year's resolutions? They think, I want to have a better year than I had last year. You know, I want to have a better marriage. I I just want a better life. And so the choices that people make are often choices that they think this will give me a better life. Some people steal because they think it will help them have a better life. You know, they're thinking, if I could just get my hands on this extra money, I'd have a better life. And, you know, they usually find out that it doesn't help. But most things that we think will make us have a better life or specifically what we're going to be talking about today or a better marriage, we find out in the Bible there's other things that actually The Bible specifies are better than the things that we think would give us a better marriage. We usually get this stuff wrong. In fact, if we were to go out on the streets or let's say on Valentine's Day, you know, you were to go to the fancy restaurants and all the places where people like to take their loved ones for Valentine's Day, and we were to go and stick a microphone in their face and say, hey... You know, what, what do you think a person needs to have a better marriage? You know, what would help your marriage? You know, a lot of people are going to have a lot of the same answers and it's probably going to be a small variety of things. Most people are going to say, you know, you know, the key to having a, you know, healthy, happy, you know, marriage is just, you know, having that good, close relationship. They're going to say things along those lines. You know, the key to having a better uh, life, you know, having good health, you know, having uh, your finances in order. You know, if we could make more money, if we had more possessions, we'd be happier. You know, uh, jobs, occupations. And some of these things are, you know, correct to a certain extent. But the things that the Bible specifies would actually give us a better life. You probably wouldn't hear anybody say these things. And yet these things are the keys to getting all these other things, the better things. So let's look at some of these things that the Bible talks about and see what will actually give us a better life. So notice what we saw in verse 16. It says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. So better is a little with the fear of the Lord. The first thing we see is that the fear of the Lord is better than great treasure. Now, most people today, you know, most, I think a good chunk of marriage arguments and fights center around money, you know, and usually most people think, you know, if we only had a little more money, we'd have a happy marriage. You know, if we just had a little more stuff, we'd have a happy marriage because all the stuff you got hanging on your walls isn't enough. You know, you got all that stuff hanging on your walls. You got so much stuff that you need that now you're complaining. You need a bigger house. You have more room to hang more stuff. You know, and then you get the bigger house and now you got empty spaces and now you're unhappy about that. You know, and people just think if I just had a little more treasure, then I'd have a happy marriage. You know, you know, you, you think your husband, you, you'd like him better if he just made a little more money. You know, and husbands, you think you'd like your wife a little better if she just spent a little less money. And we're always thinking, you know, if we just had more treasure, everything would be fine. You know, if we just win the lottery tomorrow, all our troubles would be over. But that's not true at all. The Bible says better is the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith you see often it's the pursuit of treasure that gets us in trouble it's the pursuit of the things the lust of our flesh the things that we think will make us happier that 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 are deceiving because the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it the things that our heart longs after are often things that will bring misery and destruction and so if we actually wanted to have a better life if we wanted to have a better marriage you know what everybody needs the fear of the Lord but I challenge you, go talk to couples out there, take a survey and see how many people come up and say, you know, the key to a good marriage is the fear of the Lord. The key to a better life is the fear of the Lord. That's not what they're going to say. But the fear of the Lord, it will keep us from trouble even more than money will. And I want to talk about this fear of the Lord thing because we forget about this. And a good verse that I think illustrates you know, the fear of the Lord and why we need to fear fear the Lord. You don't have to turn there, but in Leviticus 19.14, when it's given the laws, it says, Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shalt fear the Lord thy God, I am the Lord. Okay, notice, thou shalt not curse the deaf. Now, if if they can't hear you, why is it a problem? you ever thought about that? I mean, you know, is it really wrong? If a deaf person's not looking at you to insult them, tell them they're ugly, tell them they can't hear or something like that. Now you say, well, yeah, they went, you know, that's definitely wrong. But why is it wrong? You know, because it's just cruel. But you know, why would somebody do that? Because they think it's funny because it's easy to get away with. Okay. Putting a stumbling block before the blind. Okay. Now that actually could hurt somebody, but that's just Cruel. That's just a cruel thing to do. You know this person can't see you. You know this person can't rat you out. These are both things that God is telling us not to do because they would be very easy to get away with. And it's just very wrong. It is very disrespectful. And so because of that, you notice what it says. It says, but thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. I am the Lord. We need to understand that while that deaf person won't hear what I say, God will hear what I say. Well, that blind person won't see what I did. God will see what I did. And you know, because I don't need to fear the deaf, I don't need to fear the blind. What are they going to do to me? Well, I better fear God. And the, many people today, the reason they get in a lot of trouble in their marriage, they think they're going to get away with things. And you know, it is possible that you could do some things and your spouse might not know about it. And you know, many people don't because they have a good, healthy fear of their spouse. Okay. I'm just gonna my, yeah, tell you right now, you know one of the reasons I don't do a lot of things I shouldn't do is because not just because I fear the Lord, I fear my wife, you know and, I, I mean, how many would admit how many husbands will admit, yeah, I've got a healthy fear of my wife. that's okay. Uh, I know we can all beat our wives up if we wanted to, but at the same time, don't they all have the ability to you know to just make us miserable and to and to ruin that stalled ox that we've been served? You know, we would rather have the dinner of herbs and have her be happy. Okay? We all know that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, that that's a good thing, but if all you have is the fear of your wife, you know, there may be times where there is going to be situations where you could get away with something. If that's all you have is the fear of her is the fear of her, if that opportunity comes where there's no way she'd find out, I could definitely get away with this, then you're going to end up doing something really wicked, and we ought to have a healthy fear of the Lord. And if we would have a fear of the Lord, you know we'd be better off. It's going to help us avoid a lot of trouble if we would have that fear of the Lord. You know, because, you, and I and I know no women in this church would do that, but, but, but you know, some people might be tempted to steal. Some people might be tempted to be dishonest because their wives are nagging them, because their wives like, you know, you bring home more bacon, and so they get tempted to maybe go be dishonest dishonest on the job because they fear their wife, you know, if they don't come home with a big enough paycheck, but the truth is, that's just going to bring problems. That's just going to bring more trouble. You better have a fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that fear of the Lord is one of the keys, I believe, to having a better marriage, to having a better everything. Having the fear of the Lord, and I and I think it's, it's you know, it, it's, I like how it mentions that it's better to have a little. With the fear of the Lord. Say, you know what? I don't have a lot, but I believe God can take care of me. And God's going to be working for me because I'm living a righteous life. But if I have a lot and I'm doing wrong and I don't have that fear of the Lord, now I've got God working against me. So you don't want that. You've got to have the fear of the Lord in your life. And so I think it's interesting how, um, you know, the things that in Leviticus that it mentions, it's things that's easy to get away with. And there's going to be situations you know, where you might be able to get away with something, but you better have that fear of the Lord in your life. There may be things that your spouse will never find out about, but you better fear God more than you fear your spouse. And I know all of you are scared of your wives, and that's fine when it comes to doing wrong. We should be. All you wives should be scared of your husbands when it comes to that stuff, but you ought to be more scared of God. And if you don't have that fear of God... You better get that fear of God in your life real quick because there could come a day where you do end up falling into temptation. And you better just get it set in your heart and mind right now that God sees everything you're doing. And he hates it when we do things that are easy to get away with. That's why I hate petty theft as much as anything. You know, I respect a bank robber more than I expect. Whoever it was the other day when I parked my car over at the school, they were plowing the parking lot. I parked my car over there. I usually leave it locked. I left it unlocked. And I went and my car, I had just cleaned my car, thankfully. There was hardly anything in it. And I went out back out there and my auxiliary cord was gone. That That was pretty much all there was to steal. They took my stinking auxiliary cord. (laughs) Now, now that's not near as bad as what you got, Brother Aaron. He just got his backpack stolen with all his Bibles and DVDs and tracks and solding materials in it. I tell you, those people better fear God. They, you know, they, they, those people better fear God. They're, they're in trouble. I mean, um, imagine stealing a backpack and opening up and it's full of Bibles and gospel <laughs> tracts. Folks, I know we all deserve to go to hell, but if those people don't get saved, they really deserve to go to hell. Uh, under, understand that. And just imagine them on Judgment Day when they stand before God, you know, acting like, I, ne- I never had a chance, and then God's reminding them about that backpack they stole. <laughs> Full of his word, full of gospel tracks, you know, full of DVDs that could have. I mean, I I wouldn't want to be that person. I I really wouldn't be. You know, I, I hope they. I hope they looked at the website of this church, and I hope that they are watching the live stream of this sermon, and I hope that this scares them to death because the. I mean, they're dead meat. All right, they are. They are dead meat. But you know what? They could get saved, and that'd be great. Imagine that'd be a great way to get saved. That's a great testimony right there. But I'll bet if they got saved and gave it back, he probably, he probably wouldn't press charges, would you? But I tell you what, i press charges on who stole my auxiliary cord because that's just lame and pathetic. <laughs> Petty thieves make me sick. I, I have no respect for them. It is, it's just, some stuff's just easy to get away with. And we've got to have the fear of the Lord in our life. And I I, I could preach a whole sermon on that. I'm not going to. But let's go ahead and and move on. So verse 17 says, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. A good relationship is better than great possessions. It's better than, you know, better food is not going to necessarily make you happier. You can, listen, if you can have the best, most healthy meal, but you know, you have a knockdown drag out with your wife, you're going to get indigestion. Okay. You know, you're going to have you're going to have problems as a result of, of that, whatever you ate, no matter how healthy, because that kind of stuff is bad. Go, that good relationship is better. You know, a better uh, a better house isn't necessarily going to make you happy. You just need to f- understand this right now. If you can't be happy with what you have now, you're not going to be happy anywhere. Some people are just never going to be happy. They're never going to be content. That is who they are. And until they get their heart right, they will never be happy. It doesn't matter what they have. And I like what it says in Proverbs 21, 9. It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. And I almost laugh every time I read this because I've thought about doing this before, but, you know, I'm scared too. But it's like, you know, whenever you, know, you have that argument with your wife, just. Go sit up on the roof of the house, you know, get a sleeping bag and everything, and then, <laughs> and then when your wife's like, hey, what's going on? It's better up here. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> and I, I think we can all relate with that. All right, and I, you know, wives, I'm sure you 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 could too. He says it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. In uh, Proverbs 25, 24, it is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. So even if you get that bigger house, it's not going to make you happy if your wife's a brawling woman. It's it's just not. So the thing is, what we ought to actually work on are things that actually help the relationship, things that help us spiritually, things that actually change the heart. Because you know the, the bigger house isn't going to matter. She's just going to have to yell a little bit louder to get your attention. It's not gonna it's not going to work. So we just might as well get the things that God said taken care of we ought to do these things right we ought to make sure that we've got that you know love even if it means we've only had that dinner of herbs but you know if I if I work this extra job if I'm you know you know if I if I work more hours if I do these things it might hurt our relationship but at least we'll be able to eat steak yes but it's going to hurt your relationship and you're not going to enjoy that steak so you better work on those things first we see in Proverbs 16 verse 8, it says, better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. So we see that righteousness is better than a great income. And most people think, I just make a little more money this year. You know, the wife will tell her husband, if you just get a better job, if you could get a raise, the husband's like, hey, you know, if you just start contributing, if you go get a job, if we just had a little more money, we'd be okay. But you know, actually, the Bible teaches that a better is little with righteousness. Why don't we work on righteousness? If we actually had that in our lives, then we would do better than those with the great revenues without right. You know, we're always trying to keep up with people who aren't righteous, who are getting things dishonestly, not even realizing these people are not happy. It's not making them better. It's righteousness that we ought to be looking for. And did you know that righteousness most of the time is free? Okay, now sometimes righteousness does cost you a little bit. Do you know sometimes it does cost you a little bit, to be honest? It does. But in the end, I believe God takes care of us better. In the end, we can have peace. You know, you all, if you wanted to, you know, many of you, depending on your income situation and how you do things, it might be easy for you to cheat the IRS, you know. And is that, is that a sin to cheat the IRS? I don't, I don't know. You know, is it a sin to go against the KGB? You know, I, you know, were, were the Germans that were against the Nazis bad? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's another subject for another day. But either way you look at it, okay, do we really want the stress that comes from that? Cause understand folks, this is America. If you don't pay your fees to the government every year, you will go to jail. Okay, Y'all realize freedom isn't free. We have to pay our taxes for that freedom, right? And we've got to pay our fees. Otherwise, They'll take us to jail for, because we didn't give them enough of the, a, a, their cut of the money that we made. Man, don't get me going on that tax. I don't know why I, I use that for an illustration. But you know, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Okay, yeah, That's in the Bible too. And so we we got, we we got to follow that. And so, you know, it is righteousness being honest in these things. It, it, is, it is righteousness. And we are going to be better off because, you know, honestly, I don't really want the IRS breathing down my neck. I don't want to be fighting them in court. I don't want to be going to jail. And there's a lot of things that people, you know, that we're not supposed to be doing or that the Bible tells us not to do that are, are, that are illegal in the Bible. They're illegal in our government. And we ought to be living righteous lives. We ought to be following the law. And if we'll do that, we'll actually be better off than that person making great income. Okay? Bernie Madoff, he ended up in jail, didn't he? I don't know if he's still in jail. A lot of the filthy rich people, they end up getting busted and they end up going to jail. They end up doing time. What good is it then? And I can't imagine, I can't imagine an amount of money to be worth going to jail over. And that's one of the things that keeps me from ever being tempted to even steal anything. It's like, I refuse to go to jail. If I'm going to go to jail, let it be for preaching the gospel. Let it be for doing something according to the word of God, because then at least I've got God's blessing. You know, then God can use me greatly. But the last thing I want to do is to suffer as an evildoer. I don't want that going on in my life. That's going to bring problems, and we've got to make sure... We never sacrifice our principles just for a little extra income. Most marriages today, one of the things that kills them is they're sacrificing things that they know they shouldn't sacrifice so they can have a little more income. Well, if you take this job, we'll make a little more money, but we won't be able to go to church. Don't sacrifice that. You know, don't don't do that kind of thing. It's not gonna make you better. Proverbs fourteen thirty-four says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach. To any people, Proverbs nineteen twenty two says, "The desire of man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar." It, see, what do you think about that right there? Uh, you know, I should have been a lawyer. You know, I could have been. I could have been rich. A poor man's better than a liar. You know, and uh, are they all liars? Well, seems like most of them are. <laughs> seems like that. It seems like that's how they make their living. And uh, Bible says. Proverbs 19.1, better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse and his lips and is a fool. So notice all these things. These are things that go against our nature. We are often tempted to lie. We're often tempted to do things that the Bible says not to do, thinking this will get us ahead. This will give us a better life. This will help us have a better marriage. This will help us be that happy family. But the Bible says, no, you're better off. Being without those things and keeping your righteousness, making sure you know you have your integrity, because and the, and, these things do—they cause problems. They cause heartache. Lying is stressful. And that's why so many of these people too, so many of these rich people that have you know make a lot of money, stealing, lying, doing all these things. That's why a lot of them are drunkards too. That's why a lot of them are on drugs because it is stressful. Yeah. Lying, it is stressful. Cheating and stealing. And therefore, they have to have these things in order to cope. So it's not worth it. You know, what's the point of making that little extra money if you just have to spend that extra money on alcohol to help you deal with your stress? It, it's not worth it. How about just don't make the extra money? I don't get the stress. I don't need the alcohol. You know, it makes sense, doesn't it? Well, you know, if I was rich, I wouldn't do all that stuff. They're all doing it. Okay? Everybody thinks they're the exception. Everybody thinks they're the exception. You're made out of the same flesh they are. Okay, they, you think the same things will make you happy that they thought would make them happy. Why don't you look at those who actually got what you think you want and see what it did for them? It's not making them happy. It's not making them any better off. So you might as well just try the Bible. Just trust the Bible. Just try it. Alright, just taste and you'll see that the Lord is good. That's what that's what you're going to find out every time. So throw over to Proverbs 16 and verse 18. It says pride goeth before destruction and an haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Humility is better than the praise of men. And I think a good way to illustrate this today too, Many people struggle with happiness and contentment because they spend their lives, you know, watching, looking, you know, looking at Facebook and seeing all their friends that are doing all these cool things, living it up, you know, eating at the fancy restaurants, going on the big vacations, wearing the nicest name brand clothes. I mean, they just, they've got it all going for them and they're seeing all these things. Well, you know who those people are? Those people are the proud. Okay, those are the boasters that are on there. You know, just look at me. You know, look at what I've got. Look at what I'm doing. And the Bible says you're actually better off to be of a humble spirit with the lowly. You know, you're better off being with the crowd of people that nobody pays attention to in the social media world. And if they do pay attention to you, they're bored out of their mind because you don't do anything cool. All right, the Bible says you're better off to be with them you know I, i've I've listened to stories I've, I've watched stories in the news about some of these you know big instagram people and you know that have just massive followings who talk about just how empty their lives were they would spend hours of their day just trying to get this perfect picture trying to get this picture just right because you know they've just got a you know, impress all these thousands of people, many times millions of people that they don't even know. And these people are miserable. They treat people like trash. Their relationships are they they can't have a good relationship. These people are some of the most unhappy people you ever see. But boy, they look great in the picture. They sure look like they're happy in the picture. They're sure getting a lot of praise from their pictures. But, you know, well, whenever you actually talk to these people and you listen to their stories, once the truth finally comes out, you know what? They end up testifying that the Bible is true. Now, those words don't come out of their mouth, but it's bas- they're basically affirming what the Bible says about these things. You can find that after many of the movie actors, just all these famous people, they all end up basically affirming exactly what the Bible says. They're like Solomon, and they say it's all vanity and vexation of spirit. You know what and just this is another side note too. You know you think about every Hollywood outcast that's out there. Okay? I mean you think about look I understand we disrespect pretty much all that crowd. But let's think about some of the crowd that Hollywood disrespects, okay? Pete and, you know, Pete, I'm not going to, you know, people like, you know, Charlie Sheen, okay? Now, is Charlie Sheen a pile of garbage? You better believe he's a pile of garbage, okay? But now let me ask you, what's the difference between Charlie Sheen and all the other trash in Hollywood? Charlie Sheen speaks the truth. He spoke the truth about certain conspiracies, didn't he? So now, what do they do? They all expose him as a drunk and a pervert and a pile of garbage. Well, you realize they can do that with any of them. Bill Cosby, he spoke out about a lot of junk that was in the black community that was uh, politically incorrect and offensive. And guess what came out about him? That he was a pervert and a womanizer. You know, uh, know, uh, how about uh, Amanda Bynes? She's pretty much like ran out of Hollywood. She was a, a famous child star. Now she's portrayed as a psycho and a druggie and all these things. But, you know, she spoke out about just how it is for kids in Hollywood. Dave Chappelle is another one of these people. All, every Hollywood person who speaks out about the wickedness in that place and about what they do to children, they all lose their careers and they all get portrayed as trash and psychos and garbage. And and they are. I mean, you know, you want to show up. You know, you want to prove to me that Charlie Sheen's a bad guy. You know, that's not going to be very hard. It's really it's easy with any of them. But yet they all circle the rag- wagons around the people that are sticking to the talking points, aren't they? You know, we all know Ricky Ger- Gervais or Gervais is done for after his speech that he did, basically accused them all of being pedophiles. <laughs> I mean, absolutely true. I'll be surprised if we see him in any big movies anytime soon I, I, I really do but they you know the, the reason these people do this kind of thing you know what, the reason this happens to him is because they're actually speaking the truth about this stuff. These people are miserable they are frauds they are being used to you know, Make us think we need to live a certain way. We need to accept certain things in order to be happy. We're, they're not telling you the truth in these things. And you know what? We are better off. We will be happier. You will be better off being with the lowly. That's just, that's, you just mark it down. We're not gonna get the Presidential Medal of Freedom, you know, at the State of the Union address. All right, now I, I'm. I'm just going to be honest right now. I've always enjoyed Rush Limbaugh. All right, I know he's not everything that we think he should be, but I've always enjoyed hearing him take it to the Democrats. I was kind of glad to see him get it, but at the same time, you know, the real deal. All right, do I? You know, do I think he's just the greatest? No, he, he's got some serious problems. If, if he didn't have those serious problems, he wouldn't have got the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Okay, and somebody I saw a picture of people who Obama gave the Presidential Medal of Freedom to. So it's almost not an honor. Man. He gave like. I think it was Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, uh, Bill Cosby, um, who else? It was like all perverts. Yeah, Bill Clinton. It was all known perverts. So it's like, man, that's not even an honor a- anymore to get that. But you know, we will never get those things. Okay? We'll never get. It. We'll constantly be trashed. You know, and I listened I listen to Trump in a State of the Union address too. You know, bragging about you know religious freedom and all he's doing for li- religious freedom. But you know, in the meantime. In the last year, I, they've been trying to censor me. And i got to listen to the Fox News Baptist praise him for promoting religious freedom while people like me are being censored. And you know what? And p- people like Donald Trump, who's the greatest president ever for religious freedom, the greatest president for everything, if you ask him. People like him, I guarantee you, would talk trash about people like me. He's not going to praise me. He's not going to say I'm the greatest and all that kind of stuff that he says to everybody else. It's not, he's not going to do that. But you know what? I'd rather be where I'm at. I'd rather be with the lowly. I'd rather be with those who are despised. And, we, and you, we've and got to understand that all these things we're looking at are true across the board. But many people today, specifically in their marriages, what are they doing? They're trying to be like, you know, the respected marriages are you know, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian and people like that. You are an idiot if that's what you're going after. That is foolish. You know what? Stick with the lowly. The Bible says you're better off there. Humility is better than the praise of men. And then uh, Proverbs 16, verse 32. Proverbs 16, verse 32 says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city right here we're seeing that self-control is better than great strength. And and, and that's talking about great physical strength. Okay, If you have some self-control, if you're somebody that can rule over your spirit, you're better than a mighty man that can take a city. And you know what? There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of men out there. They've got a lot of great strength. They might have great physique, but you know what? They have no self-control in their life. They can't rule over their spirit. There might be a lot of women out there. She's got that body that every woman would want. She's got that physique that people look to, that people respect. But she has no self-control. She can't rule over her spirit. Even that's not making her happy. She's still miserable all the time. And the Bible says that if you can actually rule over your spirit, you're better than that person that could take a city. And so you might not have that physical strength. You might not be able to beat that other guy arm wrestling or something like that. But if you're actually able to control your lust, if you're actually able to control yourself and do the right thing, if you're actually able to control your temper, you're going to be better off than that that person who is mighty. Proverbs 17 says, better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. Okay, that fight, that, you know, that one fit of rage That lasts for seconds, it can cause hurt that lasts for years. And so we are better off. We are going to have a better marriage. We're going to be better across the board if we can just actually have some self control. And that's something that that I think everybody needs to work on is just having self control, being able to control yourself. And, you know, since the typical, you know, American family today is miserable, since divorce rates are just Astronomical. And y'all realize too, one of the reasons we lost the fight over the sodomite marriage issue is because there was no proof that straight people believed in the sanctity of marriage, or even Christians believed in the sanctity of marriage. Because even Christians are getting divorced left and right and, and remarried. The religious crowd had no respect for the sanctity of marriage, and then we all, as religious people, got surprised when they decided to just pervert it a little more a lot more we you know we all got surprised by that but folks it's it's what america is doing is not working what's being promoted on television is not working what you hear about relationships from dr phil does not work okay or whoever talk show you listen these things they do not work the things that actually work we find in the scriptures and they actually go against what our flesh thinks and what you're seeing from the world is everybody, they all seem to be collectively going after the same thing because they're all made out of the same flesh. But the Bible warns us about these specific things. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he's specifically saying, you know, what everyone would think is better or everyone would think is worse is actually better than what everyone would think is better. It's, it's interesting how nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. there's no new thing under the sun. and over two thousand years, nothing has changed because we're all made out of the same flesh and we're always going to be better off fi- following the Bible. But yet most people today they're trying to constantly keep up with the Smiths and Joneses and they don't even realize that the Smiths and Joneses are not happy. They're all divorced, they're all on prozac. they're all just miserable they, and yet people are going after that. All these things we talked about that are better, it goes against what our carnal mind and flesh thinks. And we are supposed to be a people of faith. Doesn't it make more sense to most people? Be a good person and you'll go to heaven. But what do we believe? No, Just trust in Jesus and you'll go to heaven. You know, I understand we've got the facts, we you know what the Bible says about it. But it, y'all realize you didn't know as much as you did about that when you got saved as you do now. Okay? We learn a lot more of how that makes sense after we get saved. But when you got saved, it was because you accepted by faith... That faith in Christ is better than my works. But most people naturally think works. That's just eh, that that is just the same across the board. But you know, we ought to, we need to understand too that when it comes to, you know, how we live our lives, it, what the Bible says to do, is going to go against what our flesh says. And you know, what we need to do, not wait till we get it all understood and figured out. We just need to do what the Bible says by faith. And then we'll learn why. You know, we'll we'll figure those things out as time goes on. But I do. I believe we'll do these things if we we would be those people of faith. We if we would follow God's lead, we would never regret it. And and all of these things, these things apply across the board. But specifically, you know, when when it comes to relationships, we think about this thing, these things this time of year, and the world's not getting it right. And too many Christians are just following after the world's lead. We cannot do it. These are the, the things in the Bible, these things in the book of Proverbs. These are the keys to actually having that better marriage. And we need to we need to set the example. We need to be that light to the world. We've got to show the world how it's done. We need to respect the sanctity of marriage and we need to not make marriage. You know, I do believe that marriage is a life sentence, but we shouldn't look at it as a life sentence. <laughs> All right. That, that's not that's not a good, you know, I, I got to stay married. No, we should look at marriage as like, hey, we're glad. That's the case. Yeah. I understand we are in the bonds of holy matrimony, right? Till death do you part. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes, you know, that it's important. But at the same time, too, I believe if we would follow the Word of God, we wouldn't look at it as bonds. That's not how we would look at it. We wouldn't look at it as, you know, till death do us part. You know, we would be thrilled it's till death do us part. And we would hope that death takes as long as possible. And not try to speed up the death like some people have done. <laughs> and so anyway, with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank You so much for Your Word. I pray You help us to follow these things. Lord, help us to learn to uh, follow the things of Your Word versus what our flesh tells us to do versus uh, what our heart says. Lord, our, our world is pushing this idea of just following our hearts. But help us to realize our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked and to just apply the, these things from Your Word into our lives so we can actually have a better life and better marriages. In your name we pray. Amen.